Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're at the eighth chapter. We've been there the last three episodes or so, two or three episodes. And what I'm doing is uh, I'm wanting us to check the cross-references with this particular account. We saw at the end of Matthew that Jesus had an encounter with two men uh, that were Gadarenes, and they were demon-possessed. Well, we looked at that account, and then we looked at Mark chapter 5. Uh, the same uh, incident, but Mark and Luke only focus on one of the individuals. Okay, they just mention there's one man like this. So today I want us to look at Luke, and it's Luke chapter 8. begins with verse 26. And it's, again, all three of these counts are rather long accounts. Uh, the Lord gives us a lot of details about what happens here. And each one is important because each one... Uh, give some information that the other account doesn't give. So that's the reason we need to know all three of them to see what's going on. So uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 26 says this, Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he came out unto the land, this is speaking of Jesus, Jesus was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothes for a long time, and was not living in a house, but in the tombs. So Luke gives us some details right here that we haven't seen in the previous two Gospels. <clears throat> we see this man, he's as described as from the cities. The other Gospel says that he's living in the tombs, that's true. But Luke emphasizes this, that he used to be a city dweller. He's from the city. And Luke tells us that he is possessed with demons. You know, Mark had said that he had an unclean spirit. Okay, well, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, but we're seeing more and more uh, nuances of detail. So he's possessed with demons. Luke shows us that he hadn't put any clothes on for a long time. So he's running around without anything on. He's not living in a house, but he's living in the tombs. Now, verse 28. Seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. So we're seeing the same type of thing that we saw in Mark because the demon was feeling like he was tormented. Well, why was that? Well, the next verse is going to tell us Jesus had been commanding the unclean spirit to come out. So we see that it's an unclean spirit, but in other places it's speaking of spirits and actually legions, thousands of spirits. How does that work? Well, we won't get into detail of all that because we're not really sure about a lot of it. But a lot of times there's a controlling spirit. There's one particular spirit, you know, that is uh, sort of in charge of all these other things. I'll just put it that way. So anyway, this, this spirit is speaking to Jesus and saying, what do I have to do with you? Now, verse 29. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had seized him many times. And he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard. Oh, that's a little different thing. We've seen that he was bound with chains and shackles. But I don't think the other gospels have said that he'd been kept under guard. And yet, resuming verse 29, he would break his bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. So Luke, who was a physician, is giving us a lot of insight as to how this worked and what was going on. This was a man just like me and you. But this demon would come upon him from time to time because it says right here, many times he was bound. It would seize him many times. Okay? So it would manifest itself here. He would be bound and be put under guard. It was the demon that was driving him into the desert. 
So we see what the driving force is. It's this mnemonic power. Now verse 30. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, legion, for many demons had entered him. So this guy has many demons within him. This demonic power present is calling himself legion. They implored Jesus not to command them to go away into the abyss. See, Matthew had said uh, they implored him not to, you know, to kick him out of the country, I think is the way it was worded. But here we're seeing the abyss. Verse 32, now there was a herd of many swine feeding there on the mountain, and the demons implored him to permit them to enter the swine, and he gave them permission. You see that Jesus was in authority over these demonic powers. They couldn't do anything if he told them to do something. So if Jesus commanded them, told them to do something, they had to do it. So they're making a little preemptive strike right here, and they're imploring. We've seen that word over and over and over in these accounts in all three Gospels. They're asking him, hey, send us into those swine over there. Jesus gave permission. Mm-hmm. And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and reported it in the city and out in the country. They went out and told everybody what happened. Verse 35, the people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they became frightened. We see that Mark and Luke uh, have a lot of parallel count right here, uh, even in the phraseology. And I love this. Uh, This is something I guess uh, I pray that this sticks in our mind. When the demons came out of this man, what did he do? He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's clothed. They've got him some clothes. And he's in his right mind. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. This is what the power of God does when it drives out demonic powers and presences from within an individual and does what? In this case, fills him with faith and belief. 36, those who had seen it reported to him how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. So as we saw before, there's a bunch of witnesses here, and they're declaring of this. And all the people of the country of the Gerasenes and the surrounding district <coughs> asked him to leave. And that him is Jesus. Not the man who had been demonically possessed, but they asked Jesus to leave them. For they were gripped with great fear. And he got into a boat and returned. Mm-hmm. If you remember what happened, Jesus, they'd been on the other side of the lake. Jesus says, oh, y'all go prepare the boat. We've got to go to the other side of the lake. When they get to the other side of the lake, they have this encounter right here. They have the encounter. The people come. They ask him to leave. We don't know how long the whole thing lasted, but it all probably took place in the day's time right here. They hop back in the boat and they leave. You ask Jesus to leave, he'll leave. Okay? What was their motivation for asking to leave? They were amazed at what they saw, but they were gripped with fear. I mean, not, the herdsmen might have been mad because they lost their swine, okay? But they were gripped with fear. Jesus left. Now, the last two verses, verse 38. But the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging him that he might accompany him. 
But he sent him away saying, now notice this, this man is begging Jesus to go with him. Here's what Jesus said. Return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. We saw over in Mark that he literally went out through uh, the 10 city region, the Decapolis, and declared the great and marvelous and wonderful things that Jesus did. That declaration prepared the ground, prepared the people's heart for when people, when Jesus returned, because he's going to return later in this area, and they're going to be ecstatic, and they're going to receive him. I think because of the proclamation and declaration of this one individual. Folks, learn from these accounts. Learn of the power of God. Don't be fearful. We're entering into more and more and more days to where this is going to become normative, even within the Western world who's rejected it. A lot of the Western world and church doesn't believe these type of things happen today, and they do. This is the battle that we're dealing with. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.